Hi everyone, it's Stephanie Kay and welcome to another episode of Hey Steph. If you are just joining, this is your first time listening, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you and if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for that. It means more than you know. So let's get into the episode, but before I start talking about what I want to talk about, this episode is going to be more like our pop culture talk. I felt like, you know, we need a little levity. It's the holidays. We're all feeling really cool, you know, festive. We all have our cute outfits. You know, everybody's back in the mall. Like literally everybody and their mother is back in the mall. Every time I pass like a shopping center and any type of shopping mall, I mean, the parking lot is full. It looks like airport parking. So I'm glad that everybody can, you know, brave those mall situations. Look, my mall is on my phone. I am an online shopper. I tend to just, you know, stay with the stores where I know what my size is. I know how, I know what to expect basically. So it minimizes the opportunity or reason to have to return the item. That is what has worked for me. I just definitely don't do malls on the weekends because it just, I don't have the patience. There's not enough of ashwagandha or evening primrose that would help me do that. I mean, sometimes it's fun, like maybe like a self-standing store, like shopping in New York City where you can just pop or just any location where you can just pop into a store and just pop out. Yeah, that works for me way better. But yeah, so it's a festive time. So why don't we do an episode that just kind of lightens the mood, shall we? So Friday, I uh, was really looking forward to after work, I came home and settled in and I turned on HBO Max to look at and just like that, that is the Sex and the City reboot. It is a series. I actually thought it was a movie, so I clearly was not paying attention to the whole thing. I was just excited to see that the girls were coming back, and even though they were going to be coming back without, you know, one of the central characters, Samantha Jones, who is expertly, wonderfully, magnificently played by the one and only Kim Cattrall. Kim was like, no, I'm not doing it. Kim is like... I don't need to come back. Apparently, the rumor is I have not had the privilege of interviewing her. So all of this is third, fourth, or fifth hand information. But basically, the word on the street is Kim was like, I don't get along with everybody or I don't get along with a certain somebody. And there's just no price tag that I'm willing to put on my piece So I am not doing this. You all have fun. So I, you know, always have different feelings about that. You know, I just kind of want everybody to stay together, you know, kind of like Al Green. Let's let's stay together. But, you know, sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes people just got to go their separate ways. And those who want to continue on, they do. And those who don't. 
They make their own decisions. So that is what the cast decided to do. The producers, writers of and just like that, they were like, okay, we're just going to move on just like that. So I watched the episodes when I found out it was a series. I was like, okay. And uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers just in case you didn't watch it. But I have so many thoughts about it. And my my thoughts about it are such... I do feel that the characters... While I appreciate that they are evolving in their storylines... I think that it might be time to just wrap up this story. Or figure out a way to tell another story. And I do appreciate that Sex in the City is now because they really weren't nodding to what was happening in society or in the world around them besides what was happening in the social scenes, what was happening in the fashion scenes. But socially, what was always missing from the Sex and the City franchise was what was happening in the world around them, namely being the background and the the central character of the show was New York City. And there is no other city that defines a metropolitan existence where every culture, just about every language, every cultural experience, just everybody is here. Everybody is in New York City. And the show didn't always capture that, right? It didn't really focus on that reality. If you went to, if you watched the show, you would have a different impression or you would be expecting maybe something different if you came to New York City and you're seeing all of these cultures that live here, that coexist here. They're not just traveling here or whatever. You have, I mean, New York is is the quintessential mixing pot. So, In this rendition, it seems as if they're trying to do a better job of that. So I applaud them for doing it. Um, But, you know, I'm just kind of wondering what is the longevity here? Now that I know that the show is a series, I'm very interested to see what the next, I believe, is eight additional episodes in this particular season of And Just Like That. Um, are left. So I'm really interested to see where they go. I know that um, one of the characters also passed away, not characters, but one of the actors passed away um, in real life, sadly. So I'm interested to see how they did that or how they handled that. Um, but yeah, it's it's time for the show to evolve. It's time to see the characters do the same. So I'm really interested to see how they are going to handle that. But I do applaud them for trying to speak to the times in terms of the social issues, racial issues, um, just, you know, basic overall equality. Um, I do see different representation and, you know, other you know, components of our society being seen. So that is very important, especially when you are talking about a show of characters that are based and live in New York City or live, you know, in in New York, like, you know, the boroughs or whatever. So good job for them. I'm anxious to see what's happening. And then I finally um, got a chance to um, watch live from a studio audience in front of a studio audience, the re- re- reboot of 
the facts of life as well as different strokes. And before I saw it, I wasn't going to watch it, honestly. And if I was going to watch it, I was only going to watch it on Hulu. I mean, Hulu has me so spoiled. I mean, what do you all think about Hulu? Do you love Hulu as much as I do? When I first was presented with Hulu, I was like, I need another streaming service like I need a hole in my head. I mean, how many streaming services is my smart TV going to be able to handle, right? I mean, you have an app for an app for an app. I mean, the smartest TV is, I mean, how smart are these TVs or how smart are these TVs are going to have to be to handle all of these apps? So I was like, you know, look, we do not need another streaming service. Like, what are we doing? Especially when, you know, we're still paying a cable bill, which doesn't really make sense when you start, you know, putting in Hulu, Netflix, HBO Max, Disney. It's almost like, you know, what is that legacy loyalty to the cable company for? Like, what are they doing for us? Like, why are we doing this? But we'll decide that sooner than later. So when somebody was like, you know, look at Hulu. It's like, ah. but what I love about Hulu is that there's no commercials. So you can see, enjoy network TV again, sans the commercials. That is what I'm talking about. So generally how I use Hulu is when I want to watch SNL. Because, I mean, SNL, I mean, has gotten way better over the last couple of years. And SNL just always seemed like it was a show when you watched it live. Like it just never went off. You weren't really sure when it was going to ever go off. Like it would come on like after the news. And then it would just kind of like go for hours seemingly because of all of the commercials. But now it's way more streamlined on Hulu. So I generally just wait until Sunday to watch SNL. So I did the same thing with Live from a Studio Audience for The Facts of Life and A Different Strokes. I saw what some of the people were saying about it. (laughs) They just really um, spoofed, um, you know, (laughs) what it was like, I guess, for Gary Coleman, who was really like the same age or around the same age as Todd Bridges, who played Willis, and Dana Plato, who played Kimberly. He was like their same age, but because of his rare, you know, health condition, um, he, you know, appeared a lot younger and, and certainly shorter than, you know, his, what his age would normally, you know, be. So he was like, kind of like cast or playing like a little kid, even though he was a fully, you know, a full teen almost or a preteen at the time. And he's sitting on Mr. Drummond's lap like all the time. And so when you have Kevin Hart, who's playing the role of Arnold sitting on John Lithgow, who's playing Mr. Drummond's role, it's just hilarious. I will give them that, give them that. And Damon Wayans and Snoop Dogg, you know, are in the reboot of different strokes But what I want to say about these, because even though I'm talking about different strokes and um, live from a studio audience, you know, it was done before it was done with Good Times and and there was another show. I think they might have done the Jeffersons as well. What I would really like to say to Hollywood is that you have talented writers like me. Uh, no shame in my plug, 
But you have so many talented writers. You have so many talented people right there. It's really time to come up with some new content. And it's not that the new content isn't available. It's just that showrunners and these studios, some of them are just so sheepish about giving new writers, unknowns, people without a so-called name, they just won't give them a chance. Everybody is looking for the sure thing, it seems like, especially in Hollywood. Everybody wants what somebody else has, right? And Norman Lear, you know, God bless him. The man is 99. He's going to be 100 in 2022. God bless him because he did a masterful job of doing exactly what, building on my earlier statement about uh, Sex and the City, Norman was one of the pioneers of TV who did a really great job. I mean, nothing is perfect, but he made a concerted effort to put shows on TV that represented the culture. I mean, you had characters like Archie Bunker and characters like... Um, um, George Jefferson and all of these, and you know the the Evans family from Good Times, you know Maud. You had all of these shows that were capturing regular people, that were capturing life. We're talking about just regular families, people that had concerns, and they reflected the audience that was watching them. And we really don't have that anymore. And so this is why this opened the door for the reality TV series and franchises that we love to hate. I mean, this is why we have the Housewife franchises and the Basketball Wives franchises because people really do want to see themselves, um, albeit a highly curated part of themselves, but people really want to see that. And I just really want to get to a point where we can get a new generation of Norman Lears and we can have a new generation of writers who wrote for their times and who created content that reflected the times because that is what is needed. I mean, as much as I appreciate the nostalgia, I remember watching different strokes as a kid. I didn't really watch Facts of Life as much, but I definitely watched, um, you know, different strokes and give me a break growing up. I miss those shows, but instead of doing a reboot, let's get the writer's that were coming of age or were born in that era who are now more than able to write and to create content. And this is why I'm loving Issa Rae and what she has done with Insecure and Lena Waithe with The Shy, even though I don't really love The Shy. I mean, I love The Shy because I'm from Chicago, but you know, we're not going to go into that because this isn't what this you know episode is about. But I respect Lena Waithe for what she is doing and the content that she is putting out in the world. It is original. I mean, who else is writing about Chicago? 
And of course, she's writing about a specific point of view. I mean, you know, Chicago is a major metropolitan city. So there are countless stories that can be told about that city and within that city, as you could say about any place else in the world. But I appreciate and applaud her for doing that. And again, going back to Issa Rae, insecure. I mean, what she has done and how she has come from awkward black girl to now having this show that is, you know, unfortunately coming to an end on HBO. Good for her. And I want to see more people. Um, I don't think that we need to minimize the opportunities for people like Issa and Lena, but there's other writers out here. There's other writers who are working hard every day. I know them. I mean, yesterday I went to a party for one of my dear friends. Um, She had a potluck, you know, at her home. And as per usual, I was able to spend some quality time meeting and becoming reacquainted with some amazing women and men, but just some amazing, talented women who are doing masterful things in their lives. I mean, they're writers, they are content creators, they are jewelry makers. I mean, they are doing so many things in their lives. And imagine if people like us got a shot. Imagine if people like us were able to get in the rooms that are so hard to get into today, because it's all about who you know. And Look, I understand how it goes. I understand that, you know, it costs a lot of money to produce these shows. And again, the studios want a return on their investment. I mean, this is a business. These are usually publicly held, you know, studios and businesses. They have shareholders who want to turn a profit. And are they going to take a chance and put somebody like Stephanie K on a major project or are they going to, you know, choose somebody like Issa Rae or Lena Waithe who is going to have that draw, you know? So I get the why. I just think that we need to open and we need to expand. Otherwise, we're going to be doing reboots and we're going to be doing sequels and we're going to just keep putting the same faces out there you know, it's kind of like brief, you know, kind of departure from the subject. But like when you listen to music, I mean, when a st- when when the same producers are producing everybody, that is almost how you get a universal sound. And that is not the the jam, right? Like, you know, where is the individuality where, you know, I don't want to turn on the radio and hear music and it's by five different artists, but it sounds the same. It's almost like I was listening to uh, the longest track ever because the same producers are producing their style and enhancing their talent versus finding a way to enhance the talent of said artist. You know what I mean? I mean, does this any, does any of this make sense? Do you all feel me on this? I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I mean, I know I covered a lot and I have so much more to say, 
But um, yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers about and just like that. I have so much to say about that, but um, I'm happy that I saw it and it just inspires me to, you know, continue the conversations that I was able to have with the women that I uh, met and was able to hang out with at the party the other night. Um, It's just to just keep doing our thing and just to keep putting our voices out there because eventually they will be heard and, you know, kind of to answer my own clarion call. Um, you know, we are in a generation which I, I'm here for and I'm loving that people are not waiting. They're not waiting for the major studios to say yes to their projects. I mean, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok have created a platform for people who are already doing the work to put their work out there and let the they's find them. And it goes back to, I told you this is a pop culture, you know, episode y'all. So I'm all over the place. So follow me, just stay with me. Just, just run around the circle with me. Um, back in the sixties, there was this show called the show. It was a movie called the Valley of the dolls. And one of the songs, one of the lines in the song was I'm going to plant my own tree and I'm going to make it grow. And what that means to me is, you know, sometimes you just can't wait. You cannot wait in life for opportunity to come to you. Sometimes you just have to create it. You just have to make things happen. And, I was just so fortunate to be around people, creative people. I just, you know, if you are a creative person, if you are, if you have any creative cells in your body, just do what you can, whatever you can be in the space of creative people, even if they're further along on the journey than you're trying to go or you're trying to travel on. Because they will inspire you. And I think we all need, and I think the next episode I'm going to go into this more. But I think we all need a tribe that are on different levels. We have the tribe that are with us. And then we have the tribe or the community who's further along the journey. And then we even have some that are way further along in the journey. It's time to pull up. And that's what I'm telling myself and that's what I'm reminding myself. And so that's why I'm here, you know, on this podcast talking and just putting out content, which is not easy. I just had no idea, you know, um, how difficult it is to be a content creator. Um, You know, I would write whenever I felt like it, you know, it was kind of like a hobby and it in a way it still is. But to have to produce content on a schedule, mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole new experience. So I would love to hear what you think. What are you watching? What did you think if you watched um, and just like that, if you watched the live in front of a studio audience, uh, any one of those series, um, but if you, what were your thoughts on the different strokes Uh, Facts of Life reboot. What did you think? Um, And yeah, we're going to probably, you know, talk about, we're going to go into that last little nugget that I just, you know, dropped. I teased it. 
So we'll talk about that more. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, if you have not already done so, it would help me out a lot if you were to follow me by clicking on the little bell. And this way, when I drop an episode, you won't have to remember. It will just send you a notification to let you know that a new episode for you to listen to is available. And if you like any of my content, I would appreciate you sharing an episode if you are so inclined. As always, I want to thank you so much for listening and I will hear you or you will hear me on the next episode of Hey Steph. Take care.